0: Hey bee lovers, welcome to the best beekeeping podcast around, to be or not to be in the bee yard. Join our two beekeepers, Rebecca and Michelle, as they make beekeeping fun and uncomplicated. Double the beekeeping experience, double the opinions, double the fun.
1: How are you doing today? I am doing excellent. Good. So today we're going to talk about swarms. That is our question for the day. Awesome. There's Let's
0: kind go. of four, four questions. So what is a swarm? Is it a bad thing? How do we prevent a swarm? Awesome. No. What are the signs of a swarm? (laughs) And then what do we do when we see those signs? Okay. Well, let's
1: get started. What is a swarm?
0: A swarm is when the bees are congested. They don't have room for the queen to lay. When they get too congested and maybe they're in nectar flow, a heavy nectar flow, or they're being fed a lot. They can put food in the spaces where brood's hatching out, and the queen can't get back there and lay eggs. And so she runs out of places. They run out of places to build comb. Comb? So basically the hive is full.
1: Yeah. For one reason or another, the hive is full. It's very congested. Not a lot of brood is being created or room for it. And that queen pheromone is probably not being passed around Correct. As much as it should be. It's kind of dissipating the larger the hive gets.
0: Correct. And the hive itself, the worker bees are the ones who kind of decide where we don't have room, not the queen.
1: Yeah, so they think that they've done their job.
0: Right. So then 60 to 75% of the bees leave in a swarm, taking the old queen. So they run around the hive so she won't lay eggs. So So
1: they chase the queen around the hive.
0: Yes, they run the queen around the hive. Right,
1: because they need to thin her up,
0: Mm -hmm, because she's she's
1: really fat, and they've been feeding her really well, because that makes very good eggs.
0: Because she can't fly when she's big and fat and sassy.
1: Yeah, she can hop like a chicken, so they've got to thin her up to get her to fly. they stop
0: feeding her, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, they starve her.
0: Yes. They make queen cells for new queens, and then the queen and 60 to 75% of the bees leave
1: including drones
0: yes they just usually go to a small spot like a tree or an eve somewhere close
1: by to, to yeah clump together and figure out where they're gonna go right from there
0: and to scare the crud, out of homeowners and uh, property owners who are not familiar with what a big giant ball of bees looks like. Yeah. So then the scout bees, they're hanging out and they're looking for new places and they come back and they do a presentation, sort of a waggle dance on what they found and then the committee checks all the places out and then they make a decision and then they tell right. the queen this is where we're going.
1: Yeah, they do it as a whole. So yeah. there's a great book on that called Honeybee Democracy. Oh yes. by Dr. Tom Seeley. So if you want to read about that, it's a very good read, very interesting. One of my favorite books.
0: There's also honey the swarm essentials i like that book too that was yes i have that one. book as well even j Rapesque. but that's an excellent book on swarms it yeah so there the there are thing. two
1: books to read more about swarms
0: so that's the basic of a swarm they're just
1: uh, but it's a positive thing in is, the bees
0: it is a form of reproduction there's two forms of reproduction right. in honeybee colonies yeah queen laying eggs and then swarms.
1: Yeah. Right. Is it is it a good thing or a bad thing?
0: Well, it's good thing from the organism point of view.
1: Yeah. So from the bees point of view, yeah, they've just made another hive. Correct. Yeah.
0: And from the beekeeper point of view, a swarm gives you a new queen. You don't have to requeen that hive. It breaks the brood cycle because the varroa mites don't have brood cells to lay their eggs in.
1: Right. Because it takes 30 days. Correct. Basically. Correct. To get the hive queen right
0: again. And it does relieve the congestion in your hive, in your box. Yeah. If you don't want to split. Those are the positives. The negatives, however, are you do lose a good portion of... Oh yeah, you lose over half your bees. Yes. And the second thing is those bees move into a new home. And a lot of times that home is someone else's home. It's already occupied by people. Right. And it's a
1: building or a structure that they found a crack in that they're going to go and move in. And
0: as, a, as a bee remover, we're professional bee removers. While that is my business, it makes me sad that people have to pay us to remove bees because it's an expensive and scary process to have to cut into someone's home.
1: Oh, no, I totally agree. And actively managing your hives four swarms, Mm -hmm. you can cut down your swarm level down to 15%. It's not 100%, but somewhere around you could manage up to about 85% of the swarms that are coming off of your hive or the tendencies of it just by managing the space and doing artificial splits in your yard. And that would cut down on the amount of hives that are winding up in people's homes and structures, buildings.
0: Correct. And if you don't want to split your hives, you can put up swarm traps. You can let other beekeepers put up swarm traps. You can... You can
1: share your resources in your hive and sell your frames of bees to another beekeeper. Correct.
0: You can do splits and sell those. You can catch your own swarms and sell the swarms. Right. So even if you don't want to keep those bees because you don't have the ability or space to grow you can still manage your swarms. You still have options
1: to manage your swarms. And that was the whole thing is that it's just, once you put the bees in the box, this is not natural beekeeping. This is managed hives. And I recommend that you manage your hives and control as much as possible those swarms that are getting out there into the public so that we don't create these issues in people's homes and and, and structures.
0: Correct. If we want to manage our our swarms or it's more managing our colony than managing swarms. We need to watch out for congestion. We yeah,
1: what are the signs inside the hive of what we're going to see if we're doing our hive inspections that would make us think that the hive is thinking about swarming? Because once it gets to a certain point, it's a point of no return. Correct. But there are signals in the hive that we can look for that would trigger us to be more proactive and make a decision quicker.
0: What would you see? If you look at a brood frame, we have food frames, we have brood frames. Yeah. And in a brood frame, you're going to see, you know, nectar, capped honey in the corners. You're going to see your rainbow of pollen that goes around. And then you're going to see this oval of brood. And as that brood hatches out, the queen comes back and fills those empty holes with more brood. But in a congested hive, the bees will get back to those holes and fill it with nectar or pollen before the queen can come back and fill it with eggs.
1: Yes, if there's too much nectar flow, natural nectar flow, or you're overfeeding, that the bees will stick that liquid anywhere they can. And Correct. it's and- a misconception on beekeepers parts thinking that the worker bees are going to give, naturally give the queen that room to lay eggs. It is not, it's a constant fight and battle on those frames for space. Correct. and what to what to do with that space. And so that's where you come in as a beekeeper and you manage the space.
0: Correct. And the feeding and you're looking yeah. for those things. So once the queen has no place to lay and this is the part that's always kind of fun. If you pop open your hive and your queen is on your inner cover, she has nothing to do. Right. She's wandering around. So for some reason she's not laying eggs, which is her job. And you have to be like, "Oh, or if you see a queen on a honey frame or Somewhere she's sort of not supposed to be. You're like, oh my goodness. So then we start looking in our Yeah, that's a
1: trigger for you to inspect why. Why is she there? Because she should be in the brood area laying eggs.
0: Correct. Then you look in your brood area and you're looking. You see all those holes where the brood is hatched out. Great. That's the first place I'm going to start looking. Right. Find your brood area. Is there eggs in there or is there nectar in there? And then, okay, I'm going to look there. Um, And then I'm going to obviously look for queen cells, which are the little peanut shaped cells on the bottom of the frames. And a lot of times I will say coming out of winter, people use two deeps. They use two deep boxes and they split their boxes and they will see that the queen has gone up into the top box and she is laying and you'll see, you can just turn it over and see a bunch of queen cells sticking out from that top. Or sometimes you break them open when you split those boxes. Boy, that would tell me right then and there, I need to do a split, oof, immediately. Yes. And uh,
1: But that once you see those... Swarm cells, that's the point of no return. Correct. That is, that is the last signal. That is, oh, I've missed every other signal, or I haven't been out here to catch the signals, and now we are at the point of no return. Right. But it is always advisable to do a split at that point with those cells. Right. Now, should we scrape those cells no. off and ignore this point of no return? No, because I hate to say this because a lot of people do this and this is another misconception. So we are actually trying to help you here. (laughs) Let's
0: let's walk through the process. (laughs) They've slimmed down the queen. She stopped laying eggs. That's another sign. We see larva. We see cat brood. We see a queen. We see no eggs. Right. We know she's stopped laying. They're chasing her around. We've got the queen cells. That's the point of no return. They're going to swarm. Once you scrape out those cells and you're like, okay, well, I'll fix it. I'll scrape out all the queen cells and then they, and can't, they can't swarm. And now they can't do anything. And I'm going to put them all back together. Well, guess what? They've already packed They're their already bags. in swarm mode. They're at the airport. Mm. They're leaving. Well, you have just left your your original hive that was supposed to have new queens Queenless. Right. You took all of their resources away for a new queen. Right. It did not solve the problem at all. A matter of fact, yes. it made it worse.
1: Right. That does not solve the problem of scraping them and then sticking the whole box back together. Correct. And scraping them and doing a split doesn't help either. No,
0: it doesn't <laughs> either because you put your hive back, you should be close to honey flow when they're starting to swarm. Right. So you have just put your hive back, geez, a whole month, 30 to 45 days. Yeah. Yeah, because no. that mm-hmm. new queen has to be made. She has yeah. to hatch out. She has to go on her mating flight. Where those those swarm cells were within two weeks of right. laying. Right. Right. Yeah, you put your whole. So hive so
1: back. let's let's all back up. Once we see swarm cells, you can beat yourself up about it, or you can be proactive and split. do a split and let them create a queen out of those swarm cells. Yeah. Because they're going to swarm no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. What happens if? You have two deeps. You pull off the top deep and accidentally ripped all those queen cells open.
1: I don't know. What happens?
0: Well, what are you going to do? You don't panic. (laughs) That's kind of my point. Well,
1: Well, I don't panic out my B yard. Do you panic out your B yard?
0: Not anymore. I used to.
1: Well, when I was a beginner, I did. Yeah, I used to cry I understand that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean that's a moment where I probably, as a new beekeeper, might have cried for okay, ten minutes. Okay. So how do park. we fix this? We kind of go through there and sort of hope and pray that there's another queen cell somewhere a little higher. Okay.
1: But if there's not another queen cell, what do we do?
0: Well, we I can... have an option. So oh, do you? Would, would, oh, yeah, yeah, but can't I want to hear it? yours first. Okay. So if I were in that position, I would look at the time. If it were March and I thought that I was, I was at the beginning of spring and might mm-hmm. have some time before the nectar flow, I might go ahead and do a walkaway split, let it make a another one like another queen oh but there's no but eggs. there's no eggs oh that's right there's Damn no eggs. i'm working myself to it oh i'm i'm on the phone with my breeder getting
1: a queen oh interesting what okay w- what would you do so i would do a split uh-huh. i would look for other queen cells but if i didn't find any and there are no eggs in there put a
0: frame of i brood. would do
1: a split and put a frame of brood of day old oh, eggs could do in there that.
0: yeah yeah that could,
1: there that you could could go work.
0: Yeah. fix your problem that but would it fix still
1: it. sets it back that six weeks but i fixed the problem correct Because I've given them an opportunity to make another one. Correct. Because as soon as I do that split, they're going to find out that they don't have a queen pheromone at all. And that puts them into emergency mode of creating one. Correct. So I've given them the resources to fix my mistake, True. which was just an accident, sure. So. Sure,
0: so you can still do the split. You continue on with the split, and I think either option is great. I can call a queen
1: and in I, March. Would you find a queen in March? Possibly, maybe a queen cell. Maybe
0: a queen cell. I don't think you'd find a made a
1: queen in March in our area. You know, I know people, Rebecca. <laughs> I need your list of people. Well, I know lots of uh, <laughs> Obviously, my list is not updated. <laughs> I, I would. Uh, <laughs>
0: I would, I would definitely list. look at it and see if that was possible. We can't be without brood for three weeks. So once all that brood hatches out, and then we're three weeks with no brood, we have a whole different problem on our hands.
1: Right. So. But if I'm, if there's an issue in that hive, I would just give it more resources.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: I, and that, that, that's you managing. Again, that all comes down to managing because what do we need in a hive to make it calm? We need a queen. Right. Or right. we need the process of making a queen because they can smell her. Correct. And
0: I would actually, even if I was going to order a queen, I would still do that. I would still put a frame of brood in
1: there. I would not put eggs in there if I was ordering a queen. Oh, you would No. Mm -mm. Really? Why? Because they'll make one.
0: Well, it depends on how soon I can get my queen.
1: I would give them larvae, but I would not give them day-old eggs. I would not give them, if I was ordering a queen, I would not put day-old eggs in there Mm -hmm. to give them. I wouldn't even want to give them the choice.
0: Okay,
1: okay. Of making their own queen. Because the minute they make their own queen, they're not going to accept my queen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. Sure. No, no. But I would give them larva. Okay. But it would be flopped over larva, not day old egg. Because that gives them something to do. And you need that pheromone. You need that larva pheromone in the hive to keep them calm
0: and as i say you need nurse bees when that queen comes and starts laying all of the the nurse bees in your hive are going to become foragers within a week or two and you
1: know what that's a really good point that you bring out because here we are sharing resources from one hive to another and we did not clarify there that i'm not shaking the bees off of that frame if i go to another hive to share resources as in larva i'm not shaking off those nurse bees that whole frame is going with me, the bees and everything, the right. bees, the larva, the food resources, that whole frame is going with me to to the hive that needs it Correct. because you need those nurse bees. And, and I need
0: nurse bees. I need new bees to hatch out while the, they're making the new Right. Breed. So you need capped
1: brood as well. So if there's no capped brood in that swarm, in that artificial swarm that, that had the problem, you've got to go and find another resource frame and give them capped brood mm-hmm. as well.
0: Now, I would assume with a swarm, you're going to have capped brood.
1: Yes. I'm if just saying congested. you need it all. Yeah. You need it all. Yeah.
0: But I would definitely, but the larva is going to become capped brood, which is then going to become my nurse bees because they're going to pop out about right. the time my new queen is starting to lay. Right. So people don't think about the fact that you need all ages of bees in there. All
1: ages of bees in your split. Correct. You have to have all ages of bees. And I don't care about foragers. The oh. foragers are gonna stay in the main hive.
0: Correct. We know why they swarm. We know
1: we know how to fix we the have, problem if how to if recognize you, it. Right. We know how to fix the problem if we mess up the queen cells. Correct. Because they're already in point of no return, so you've got to fix that for them. Correct.
0: And so let's talk for a minute on we get a call or we have a swarm in our yard. we've done our best that 15% still swarming. We have a call of a swarm. Mm-hmm. What can we do? It's on a branch. It's three feet off the ground. I'm going to take a box. I'm going to do a little shake. Bam. Queen pops in. I take it in my car and I drive home. Everybody's happy. Well, now what do I do?
1: <laughs> Will you keep it? <laughs> I- well, these are what you do with them are resource hides. So I you do. use them as resources, which is great. And I yes. totally agree with that. What I do is kind of the same thing, but not really. I, I just grow them out. I give them the opportunity to stay in my yard. I feed them. I take care of there them. I go. give them drawn comb. There we if, go. if I need to give them a frame of food or, or if I want to try to make them stay in the box, I'm going to entice them to stay in the box, which is, again, another frame of brood that Correct. they must take care of. And right an anchor Um, so I would do that that's what I do with mine because I want those swarms for emergencies Mm -hmm. If I become queenless in one of my hives for whatever reason, and they're not fixing themselves, I can use these smaller swarms and resources as emergencies. And I can also share them with my friends if they have emergencies as well, because there's a limited amount of time in our season where queens are available. They're not available all year round. I think if the queen breeders could do that, they would, but you can't because you have to have drones. And I'm very conscious of that and want to keep these queens around for emergencies.
0: Sometimes I'll do tiny little water meter removals, and I'll take those little frames of comb. You know, there'll be four of them, and I take one and put one in each uh, swarm and anchor them just with these little pieces. Yeah, I like your
1: idea of anchoring. I think that's really good. I think um, if you're out there getting swarms and picking them up, this is a great idea for you to, to latch on is this anchoring. Anchor your swarms into those boxes and to encourage them to stay.
0: And I'll tell you, though, as we're growing, one of the problems we soon realized was... We're getting so many swarm calls. So let's say I have 20 swarm calls. I have to have 20 or more good colonies that have an extra frame of brood for me to steal for anchors. And if you don't have that and you get 20 swarms, you can't pull a frame of brood from each one. Right. Well, this is
1: the same problem we have everywhere, is if you're going to expand, you have to have the equipment, the woodenware to do that in the space. The resources. And that includes
0: bees, brood, queens. Equipment,
1: all of it. So it's no different. Your swarms are no different. If you don't have the equipment and the resources to help them, you're going to struggle and it's probably not going to be 100% successful because they're, they're just not going to want to stay. They don't want to there. stay in a box with non-drawn-out wooden frames on plastic foundation with right. just a little bit of wax on them. Yeah. That, there's nothing to entice them to stay in that box.
0: Exactly. They're they're not going to want to stay. Yeah. You're right. So mm-hmm. I started thinking about swarms as this isn't necessarily a, a new colony for me. This is a resource that I can use in my bee yards as a whole and yeah that's,
1: that's a great option for people to think about
0: sure. you
1: you don't have to keep all the swarms together and connected and try to grow them into a full-size hive you can use them as a resource like what you do
0: this year we've really i think optimized that that's to,
1: great to the best look of at our, you go
0: yeah i'm growing <laughs> what is this year eight i'm still figuring it go, out <laughs> here we go <laughs>
1: Yeah, and talk to your bee friends. Talk to your club members. Get your swarm um, boxes out early. Mm-hmm. In our area, it's usually by March. Mm-hmm. You need to have them out by the 1st of March. And uh, talk to those beekeeper People who don't want to put them out and try to get them out on their property by their hives, it, it'll only benefit you. But just make sure you have those resources for them.
0: And I can tell you, we always we sell nukes in spring, but they have a cutoff date. There's a limited amount. Right. And I have a lot of people who actually come to me for swarms and, that I've caught and kept in the backyard in a little yeah. box. And um, made sure the temperament was good and the queen was laying, got them real solid, and then they're cheaper than buying a nuke. And
1: I've been doing that this year. This is my first year to do that uh-huh. is that when people call me and I'm sold out of nukes because I sell out very quickly. And, but I have options in my yard. It's mm-hmm. like buying used bee equipment.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I've got this <laughs> or going course. to the garage sale. Yeah. And I tell them you get a discount if you take the queen as is, if you want me to requeen her, now we're talking a nuke and full price. And yeah, there we go. And so everybody I haven't had one person say I want you to requeen it they're all like oh I'm willing to
1: do take- well it's an affordable option and and beekeeping's expensive so mm-hmm. if you're looking at a budget talk to talk to your commercial beekeepers or your sideliner beekeepers that are doing this and see if they have those yeah
0: yeah so. and if you're you know if you're someone who just every you're in a small town everybody knows your beekeeper and they'll call you for these swarms get you a bunch of those little easy gesture nuke boxes get your swarms get them started and Show up at your bee club with them in the back of your truck. <laughs> Bam! They'll be gone. Oh,
1: my gosh. Okay, I'm not doing that. You have to come to my house to oh pick up the bees. Oh, my gosh. I baby my bees. You stick them in the back of a truck for a bee meeting. No,
0: I have, I have gone to many bee meetings <laughs> with, with frames with drawn comb or different things that I happen to have that I have just said, see me after the meeting, and I'll oh my I'll gosh. up. And, you know, all kinds of things like
1: that. Yeah, you have to come and see me in my yard. So. Oh, no.
0: You have to physically
1: come and see me. It's
0: not like I loaded them up in my car to take to the meeting, Rebecca. (laughs) That's crazy. This is just stuff that was left over in the car from the week of beekeeping. You're probably going, you clean your
1: truck out every day, don't you? Yes, I do.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: No, I do. We are
0: never riding in my car anywhere together. Yeah, swarms are not a reason to panic. They're not a bad thing. They're a
1: great thing. uh, Take advantage of them.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah, and, and just, have fun, and know that that's the beginning of your season. You're not going to slow down from that point.
0: Exactly. Well, and don't panic if, you, if you're if you a new beekeeper, and don't, man, I can't say this Going enough. into
1: your second year, if you're a new beekeeper going into your second year, don't beat yourself up right. if you miss one, because again, just like what you said earlier, you're going to get a new queen out of it. Yes. it. yes. It's brand new for the year that they've made, yes. that they want. Yes. so. D- and by it's your third year, you hive. should be able to focus. Yeah, and, and your broken brood pattern right. uh, for your for varroa, varroa, which might save you having to treat. All right, swarms.
0: Hey, it was a good day. Good day in the bee yard.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you.
0: Yeah, good to see you. You've been listening to the To Be or Not To Be podcast. For more information, you can follow Rebecca and Michelle on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at To Be Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful rest of your week.